Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, June 21st. Direct every sorrow upward from your heart to the Christ center between the eyebrows. The more determinedly you raise your consciousness from your heart, the closer you will come to understanding this eternal truth. Grief is a delusion born of egoic separation from the true self, God. Now, Swamiji is offering us here a very, very specific technique for the simple concept, give it to God, which people will say, you know, give it to God. And I mean, I'm, I'm laughing for a minute because I'm thinking of some jokes, you know, um, when people talk about tithing or you know, tithing especially or, or giving to God in a certain way. Someone was talking about, you know, whenever I, I you know, make a big sale and get a lot of money, she, he said, I... I uh, I stand in one place and I throw it up in the air and invite God to take what he wants and whatever lands I keep for myself. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's a way to do it. <laughs> um, so, when we're talking about tithing, which is giving something physical to God, we say, because God cannot accept it and is not a person to whom you can write a check, um, you give it to the source of your inspiration, that which makes you feel closer to God, and you, you give your gratitude to that. That's, you, that's what you tithe. Tithing is not a donation in the sense of, I'm going to help you build a building, I'm going to help feed the hungry. Tithing is, I, I call it the commission you pay for being alive, is that you owe God 10% of whatever comes to you. Um, it's a finder's fee of sorts, or however you want to put it. But you, you give it completely and personally without strings to whatever the source of your inspiration is. Great, it's a, it's a tremendous law of prosperity. And great positive abundance comes to you from doing that. Tithe means one-tenth. Uh, it's always fun because everybody thinks a tenth is a lot. If you have a, a very limited income, it seems like a, a, a lot of money. If you have a very large income, it seems like a lot of money. It's just exactly the right amount because it always stretches you just a little bit to do it. But nonetheless, it's doable for almost everyone. And you can start with less than 10 if you need to train yourself. But tithe means 10th, and that's where the real power is. So coming back to this, though, but Swamiji is talking about giving our griefs and our sorrows to God. And people talk about this, but it's hard to throw them up in the air and have God just take them. So what he's working with is he's, he's working with these esoteric realities that are, are deeply true within ourselves, which is the, 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 what we call the astral body, the astral anatomy, the energy system, which is the system of the chakras in the body. And it's very interesting that in in many, many paintings and depictions, artistic depictions, you'll see of saints. They often have, their eyes are often raised, even rolled back a little bit in their head. 
And in fact, if you look at any picture of people who are trying to look inspired, their eyes are always uplifted. And if you think about yourself, you'll realize that whenever you feel inspired, your eyes automatically go up. They just do. You, you tend to look upward. You look off to the horizon. You, you look to the hills from whence cometh my strength, as the Psalm of David put it. I will lift up mine eyes. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, you know, from whence cometh my strength. My strength cometh from the Lord. And I find that from lifting my eyes. Now, this is actually a, a deep metaphysical truth based on the fact that when we're related to this world, we're looking at the world with these two, two physical eyes. But when we begin to attune to the spirit, this chakra, which is the point between the eyebrows, just in front of the frontal lobe of the brain, that begins to develop magnetism and our eyes automatically go upward because where our eyes are focused tends to be where our attention is focused. And when we're just relating to this world in a very rational manner, our eyes are straightforward. And when we begin to go into subconsciousness, which is sleep, eyes always drop. You see it when you watch babies fall asleep. I, as a public speaker, probably have seen more adults fall asleep than most adults generally see. Most of the time people don't fall asleep when, talking, when I'm talking, but people do at the end of a long work day when I'm all fresh giving an energetic class. They may have been up since early and a lot has happened. And sincere as the flesh is, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And I just watch their eyes drop. And you'll also notice when you feel unhappy, you drop your eyes down. So the opposite of feeling unhappy is to have your eyes uplifted. This is actually, as simple as it sounds, is a tremendous technique for meditation. Because if you're in the practice, in the habit of practicing meditation, you will notice if you find suddenly that you're just drifting, even dreaming, you know, in a semi-conscious state, always you will realize that your eyes have dropped below the horizon line. If you at least raise them to the horizon line, even if your eyes are closed, raise them to the horizon line will wake you up. And then if you uplift them to the Christ center, your, your focus and your, the, the, the vibration of your consciousness will begin to raise. Now bear in mind... The, even though I can point to the physical body and say it's at the point between the eyebrows, it's not inside of you. What you're actually doing is you're liberating yourself from the confines of the physical body and allowing your spirit to elevate and expand. So the best way to think about how you're looking is we have two eyes, but when you concentrate at a distance, your point of focus you know, comes in a triangle and it makes a point. So you want to imagine the horizon line and then you want to look just above the horizon as if the sun has just come up the horizon but it's completely exposed. It's, it's high enough on the horizon to be a full circle. I vividly think of you know, moments I've seen that. Like, I mean, I, I think of exotic places like being on the Ganges in Varanasi out early enough in the morning to see that big orange sun come up above the horizon and then be fully a full circle, but early enough in the morning where you can stare right into it and then all the mantras that go with it. And this is an external way to do it, but if you imagine that with closed eyes and look above the horizon line at some great light dawning in that place, that's the right visualization for being able to look into the Christ 
center. It's the center of Christ consciousness. It's not the Jesus center, it's the Jesus, the Christ center. And the word Krishna is the same word as the word Christ. They were both, those were, they were the anointed ones. They were anointed in the light of God. So when we're, when we're offering, okay, let me, let me just stay with this for a moment. And the light that you will see with closed eyes is not a sectarian or a religious reality. It's an internal metaphysical experience that everyone will have. Um, the, the Catholic Church in the present state does not endorse, for the most part, the principles of yoga. But in the principles of yoga, it talks that this, the spiritual eye that you will see is a, a, a golden, a, a circle of golden light with a dark indigo blue circle inside. And at the center point is a point of white light, which is in the form of a five-pointed star. Just to keep going, the physical body with its two arms, two legs, and its head is a five-pointed star. And the sages say that the form of the physical body is, is because of the five-pointed star of the spiritual eye. That, that we, we, we originate from that five-pointed star, and that's why we look as we look. In the Christian teaching, they make it a dove, and the dove has two points on its tail, it has two points on its wings, and it has the fifth point on its head. When I went to the Vatican to visit the Vatican for the first time, just as any tourist would do, and I went into St. Peter's Cathedral, and in the center of cathedral, there's a word for it, but I don't remember what it is. There's a huge ceremonial platform in the center of the cathedral, you know, huge and ornate, because the popes have had a lot of time to build up their systems. And you go and you stand in the center of that platform from which the Pope and other priests will do these great ceremonies. You look up at the ceiling, the inner ceiling of the of the canopy, the, the permanent canopy that's built over that platform. And it is a big circle of golden light and an indigo field and a five-pointed, in that case, a dove, but a, a five-pointed white shining object in the middle. Somebody saw it. They, they, with closed eyes, they saw it. Some artists saw it and knew it was a divine image and put it there. When a friend of ours was also in Italy, as it happened, was having made a, a, a blown glass image of the spiritual eye for their temple, he went to this glass blower, just an artist and a glass blower, and he told him that he wanted this as a temple decoration. He drew a picture and told him what it was supposed to look like. And the man who was a glass blower, who knew nothing about any of these teachings, he said, what is that? He said, I've been seeing that all my life. It's just, it's just there. It's the way that we're made. Um, now, yogis just say this is true, and religious teachers of all persuasions, in esoteric or ex- exoteric ways, say it bluntly. Jesus said, if thine eye be single, thine eyes, if thine eye be single, thy whole body will be full of light. It was an esoteric reference to the spiritual eye because he understood perfectly. So the another chakra in the body is the heart. And the heart is where our, our likes and dislikes reside. And of course, um, sorrow is a dislike. Sorrow is, this is what God has sent me, but I don't want it. This is what my karma has brought me, but I protest. 
you know, this is what my life experience is, but it's taking away my joy. That's what sorrow is. Even though our nature, our true nature, is the infinite bliss of God, sorrow is something that has happened that has persuaded us that I now must be separated from that joy. So what is the solution to it? Most people simply endure. Enough time passes. The sorrow is never really resolved, but it it grows more distant and less agonizing merely because more recent experiences dull it. But what Swamiji is suggesting here is that a far more dynamic and ultimately more wholesome experience because the, the, the wave of sorrow that is big enough to knock us to the ground, um, a wave, a big wave comes onto the beach and it can be you know, huge and destructive, but it will spend itself and gradually just be a little ripple and then we'll withdraw back into the ocean. So we can stand at the far edge of the flow of that wave and be very strong because the wave is so much smaller than us. But if a wave of the magnitude of that sorrow hits us again, if we haven't found a way to deal with the blow of that magnitude, we'll just be flattened by it again. But if in the moment, at the crest of that wave, we can generate sufficient energy to expand our consciousness so that, you know, metaphysically speaking, the wave only hits us around the ankles instead of knocking us, you know, in the head and and causing us to fall to the ground. So this is what Swami's suggesting. When a grief comes to us and the human heart says, says, no, no, then if we literally, inside ourselves, visualize the power of that light at the spiritual eye and and as lift the energy from the heart, see, you know, g- grab it with our, um, with all of our will and all of our devotion to God, and lift that energy to the spiritual eye, and then offer it into that transforming light. Um, not only can we ease the grief, but the very act, that very practice, is the is transforms us because it 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 teaches us who we really are and it, it makes us familiar with our true home and it puts in proportion uh, it's not as if the grief is less but we see it in proportion and we also see it in relationship to divine mother's loving care for us you know, many times the child feels that the mother is inflicting torture on the child and is treating you terribly unfair. But as we mature, we gradually realize that she was actually expressing profound and deep love for us. And the more quickly we can come to understand that our Divine Mother, no matter how it may feel to us at first, is expressing profound and deep love for us, even though we might not like the experience, by lifting it into the light, that real, that freedom and that realization will come to us more quickly. So Swami says, direct every sorrow upward from your heart to the Christ center between the eyebrows. The more determinedly you raise your consciousness from your heart, the closer you will come to understanding this eternal truth Grief is a delusion. 
born of egoic separation from the true self, God. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.